0: Welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we. T-
1: <laughs> well, did I had it? All right, okay. Second episode <laughs> podcast. We-
0: Welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity: beer and movies. Sometimes achieving outstanding pairings, and other times w- giving ourselves <laughs> the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths, like I'll need to do after this intro. I am Dave Gurney, and I'm here with Joe Hilliard, Carlos Cooper. Yes, and we are here today to talk about a very exciting action franchise that uh, that everybody's buzzing about these days. But before we do that, as we always do, we're going to want to get something in our glasses, Carlos. All right.
1: Um, just like the film we're going to be talking about, I got a beer that is very high octane. Oh. Um, this comes from, like uh, Weathered Souls, which is a brewery based in San Antonio, Texas. They have what I think may be the most cult-like following of any Texas brewery. Uh, Marcus Baskerville's the head brewer, and... From my experience with their stuff, Marcus is really fucking good at stouts. And they have a series called The French Press where they uh, use coffee beans to mm-hmm. uh, you know enhance their beer. And this one is called Yemeni French Press. And it is an imperial milk stout with cream, caramel, and Yemeni coffee beans roasted by Long Road Coffee Company. Uh, 11.8%, 50 IBUs and this bad, we got a pint of this bad boy. Um, yeah, Independent, really one of my favorite breweries as far as their culture is concerned. They um, have established a very, um, a very strong culture in their tap room, which I think is something that uh, more breweries should do, not just because I would enjoy it, which I would, but because I just think that as far as like independent craft beer goes, and the scale at which craft beer must be done in order for it to stay, um, you know, the quality that it needs to be and be successful and all that kind of stuff.
2: Um, can you purposely create a
1: culture in your tap room?
2: Yeah, you can. And or I is th- that thing that, that that derives from an audience that shows up and what they create?
1: Well, I mean, you obviously have to have the audience to support in order to sustain it. But one of the things that Weathered Souls does. That I think has created that culture and that people have uh, grabbed onto is every Thursday there's a small batch release every single every wow. single week. Uh, so you know that if you go there on Thursday, if you can get there early enough, you're guaranteed to try a beer you've never had before. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's you know some kind of stout, whether it's an IPA, whether it's something totally different and off the wall, every Thursday there's a new release.
2: I uh, had. One of the very first beer shares we had here in Corpus Christi, a guy bought a growler full of Ale Smith Vietnamese Speedway Stout. That's their version of what you're talking about that uh, Weathered Souls is doing. It's, yeah. They use different coffee beans from around the world to accent their stout. Mm-hmm. That, I have, to my knowledge in my craft beer journey, that growler of beer was the best beer I've ever had. That's that standard, and then when we took a trip to San Diego, where they're located out of, I had I got to get it on tap, um. and um, that was just kind of a, a full circle experience. So mm. I I'll always look forward to a very good coffee stout. So thanks yeah. for bringing this, and mm. I'm going to dive a, in now.
1: Yeah, it's. Um... It's a thick boy. It sure is. Well, the I coffee
2: mean, stouts are all usually thick, and it's a milk stout well, and as it, well. And, you know, are they calling it an imperial? But, I mean, they are. Yeah, I mean, it stout. is. It yeah. is. I mean, and 11... Then,
1: well, what was the one that... 11.8, uh, uh, David. The mm-hmm. one that we had about a month or two ago, mm-hmm. the double cavernous mostra. Do you remember that yes. one? Uh, also, shouts out to Daniel, because uh, Daniel... Was Daniel our friend, uh, is the, the one that procurer, yeah. Yeah, he i I'm actually i astounded at this man's mobility because he went from Corpus to San Antonio to north Austin jester King territory, so uh-huh. outside of Austin and back in a morning afternoon
0: Wow
2: uh-huh.
1: just to go buy beer at these different places he, he just picked went, this up for you and yeah, yeah, he picked this up on release day very nice I uh, got two cans of it from him and then some uh What's it called? Uh, Jester King as well, which I've already consumed. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonderful, but yeah. So we're gonna do this, I, but, but before we get into the film,
2: well, I wanted to tell you later in the episode, Carlos, you'll tell us everywhere you can find us on social media. But um, on I got some feedback, right? If you if you if you are just now getting into our podcast, enjoying yourself, and you want to go back and listen to a few, one of the kind of seminal podcasts that I think we'll refer to again and again as we continue to do this is episode thirty six. Uh, Neon Excess, which is our Harmony Corinne episode, when the Beach Bum, the Beach Bum was a transformative film for me, and in that episode, I revealed a little bit b- about myself, and I said that I, you know, you have those films that touch you and mean something to you, and I mentioned Garden State. Mm-hmm. I will never expose myself so rawly again on this podcast.
0: <laughs> if the
2: feedback that I'm going to get because we post our actual. um uh, uh Tagged names on Facebook and other things. Yeah, you're gonna direct message me and say uh, a, a, it's a it's a funny clip. I'm gonna we'll post it on Facebook. <laughs> it's uh it's a scene when she when Natalie Portman's character introduces Zach Braff's character to the Shins. Yeah, mm, Have yeah. you heard of the Shins? And sure. he puts the 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 headphones New on. Slang, right? And that's all mm-hmm. I'm gonna say. And I'll post this. Don't you dare. Text me and, and shit on my. No, I'm kidding. If shit on me, all you want to. I don't. Care. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm, that's so, what... so one of our listeners sent this. To yes, you, like, mm. saying you're uh, uh, basic
1: for liking this movie. I or... think they
2: were just trying to to add some levity to the oh, to, to a film that I talked Boom. about. But I'll post that on how, Facebook. How so, so look would, uh, for that after uh, this episode that. comes out. But that's not the only feedback we got, Carlos. Yeah, my friend,
1: um, my friend Pete. <laughs> um pizza guy that I've known for a couple of years now and he is one of the responsible parties for keeping my record store adequately stocked in the early days yeah. before people knew that I was there I could always count on Pete to hit him up and go raid his uh insane record collection that he has but um he came in one day cuz he he still does some consigning with me um where uh, you know he'll bring some higher end stuff in, and I'll sell it and then pay it, pay him if I sell it or whatever. And he came in to pick up a record he had sold on his own, and he was like, "Oh, I listened to your beer and movie thing the other day, and I was like, oh, really." because I, I don't know, he's an he's an older guy, right. D- didn't strike me as a podcast listener, and sure. by his own admission, he's not, but um, he was like, yeah, it's good. Um, I had a friend that I think will like it, I'll have to tell him about it. So he told his friend about it, uh, who lives in West Virginia, which I think is where Pete is from, actually. Um, but he said, uh, yeah, my good pal Pete directed me to your podcast, and I thank him, can't think of a higher compliment than on today's bike ride I compared you to The Rewatchables, yeah, which I believe to be another podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, and then uh, Pete was uh, nice enough to forward me the a longer message that this uh, guy had sent us, and um, yeah, very kind, thoughtful words. We I love from from, from, you from this listener, and yeah. and yeah, it's it's nice when that happens when you send in. Uh, a more you know when people send in more thoughtful kind of reviews or comments or concerns or whatever cuz it's nice to know that there's people that are thoughtfully certainly listening to this and I have mean-
2: have opinions about it.
1: We're um, a little bit of a niche so, thing.
2: There's plenty of movie podcasts. There's plenty of beer podcasts. But, but we're combining the two, and there's even us. a handful of those. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a couple of people doing the same thing. Some, but yeah. I'll tell you this: not at our. As our more and board. more people catch on, and we start to get more and more feedback, we, we really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, and and it helps us. Uh, um, no, what parts of it you like what you don't and um, I know I say that at the end of every episode but you know this guy in particular and the email he had sent my friend was like oh you know I could probably use a little more of the beer talk which is something we've talked about right. a lot in the past couple of months of recording and I mentioned that to to Pete after he had sent it to me and he was like well you know I don't know if I need more beer talk I don't know I don't know, I don't know if everybody that listens right. to it That's but, right. but just, it, hey. it, just, it just so happens that the guy who sent us that feedback is a very, uh, big, um,
0: beer connoisseur. Yeah. And Pete,
1: Pete actually, uh, said something interesting to me that will illuminate the kind of guy this dude is. Uh, he said he knows more about beer and podcasts than 99% of humanity. One of the wisest men that I know. Good guy. Um, so if he is as into craft beer, as advertised, it makes sense that he would probably... Yeah, if he's, he's as wise as possible, and, we're honored to have him You know, and, and honestly, it's... it's as
0: as you all have said all right.
1: Also, sorry to interrupt you, but we did, because he was on his bike when he was listening to it, he was listening to one he had seen, but then Guava Island came on next, and we... I think we created another childish Gambino fan, <laughs> and he also was like, "Yeah, I need to watch that now." Had sure, I nice. Hadn't thought about it. Yeah, yet, hey, sure. that's
0: that's what we want to do. We want to spread the good word of beer and movies. Well, so you so, were saying before I so. Well, really I was just saying you, that you, it's it it, it it really is great to get that feedback because it's you know as you were saying that we, we talk about these things. Are we tilting too much towards beer? Are we tilting too much towards movies? And it's it's nice to hear that people are appreciating both. And again, if there are things that you wish we would talk more about, or that you think that we need to include that we're not including, um, or vice versa, that we're going on too long, but let us know. You know I'm we, going...
2: we may not be able to change based on everybody's whims, but we at least want to know about them and we can yeah. factor them. I'm going to tilt this beer into my mouth while Carlos tells us about this movie. Okay. Um. Yeah. So we watched John Wick three. Parabellum mm-hmm.
1: and I was I, I was actually uh, I saw this movie yesterday A guys uh, going around beating people
2: up Killing him because uh, they fucked with his dog. Well, before, <laughs> before we jump into that's part, my
1: that's my movie review. But before is... we
2: jump into part three, it's interesting because I got uh, John Keanu Reeves is in one of the seminal action films of all time, The Matrix. And then after that, you Point can break, you, you can speed, certainly, but you can question the after the Matrix some of the career path. He yeah. put, there were a lot of clunkers that came out. I have a lot of things to say about his post-Matrix career. Plan. Sure. And then this John Wick comes out that isn't... Ba- speaking of... Adap- we t- last episode, we talked about adaptations. Yes. This is not adapted from anything. No. It's original screenplay. Yeah. And I dismissed it at the beginning. I'm glad you said that. When it first came out, and I, and I watched it on DVD or, or streaming or whatever uh, on the recommendation of my son...
1: Yeah, so who my, knows
2: my taste in movies? And I love glor—I love crazy glorified action violence.
1: Yeah, my uh, relationship or like history with this film franchise is very similar. The fur and I, I love Keanu Reeves. Um, have for a really long time. I, it's possible I've seen The Matrix more than any other film ever in the history. Oh, that's of the film. interesting. Um, but. When I saw the trailer for John Wick, I was like, this looks fucking dumb. Uh, it's just like stupid action Michael Bay crap. Right. And I. I as it wasn't did, marketed correctly to me. As you did, totally dismissed it. Yeah. Then literally everyone I know was like, "Have you seen John Wick yet?" I'm like, "No." Why would I waste my time watching it? They're like, "Fuck you! This movie's amazing. Like you need to." They <laughs> say, "Fuck you." Yeah, they're like, "You need to go oh, see this rude. movie. Don't be so pretentious." Yeah, it is incredible. But it's
2: not even about pretension because I'll go see an action film if 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 yeah, if, if, if it piques my curiosity. But do you? I
0: mean, I feel like that's that's part of it for me. I had fallen out of just going to action films. I mean, I feel like my action film appetite. Over the last decade, has been eaten up by superhero films. Certainly, like that, those are the big ones that sort of come out, and I'm needed, you know. And we've just talked about Avengers, and you know, on on a previous episode, that that these films have sucked so much of the action oxygen Uh uh, that's available in my movie going. Good point. That. I don't have space. I mean, you know, bring me back to the 1980s when I was growing up. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it was a regular thing to be going to see action films any given weekend. These days, I just haven't had those kind of pure action experiences. So with a film like this coming along, it was actually kind of refreshing in a weird way that I wasn't expecting, sure. okay, because I, like you, had not seen the other ones, although I have now seen all of them.
2: But what's interesting about John Wick is that the first, the second film came out in, what, 2017? The first mm-hmm. one, 2000, what, 14? 14. Mm-hmm. So it was the first, it's, it's one of the times, like the movie Taken, where the s- sequel is makes more money at the box office than the than the original right yeah. because of the word of impact mouth, and word of mouth of the, yeah. and the the DVD/streaming you know finding the right. film the third film has grossed more than the, the second in opening in weekend, its opening weekend yeah. which taken did not do there was a downslide because we're kind of done with this it's whole bad movies, like situation yeah. so um the it's, plot doesn't it's, change. The it's the either. making of a franchise. Yeah, and we'll talk about the ending in a little while. But yeah. they have created a franchise before our eyes in three years from yeah. a property that no one that that, that originally. So thank you, yeah. five. That, that that the original film only got one distribution offer. Yeah, and right. now they're all kicking themselves. Yeah, they are. Because um, this movie made a ton of money, and yeah. it, it's an. Well, I don't want to get into it before yeah, you're ready.
1: And they they're not super expensive movies either. Uh, in the grand scheme of, they, they the got to be
2: getting more expensive as they go. But they no, are because all they the are. style is on the screen. Yeah, the,
1: yeah, you see the dollars on the screen for sure. Yeah, the first one, what twenty million was that? What it was? Yeah, uh, not uh, It's yeah. not which is not much, and it made like eighty eight or hundred or something. Sure. which by any you know metric Huge is success. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, what one of the things that you know, even though I haven't, even before I saw this one, and I hadn't seen any John Wick movie, right. I. Always admired it for making an original franchise. You don't see it anymore.
2: Okay, well, maybe yeah. David or I can kind of fill in the gaps of one and two, but having gone in naked, happens, having but... gone in naked, how much did they, how well was it, the, the, everything you needed to know prior given to you? at the beginning?
1: I caught, well, I went to go see it at the draft house and I caught the tail end of like the recap thing that they do in the Um, pre-show. So that was nice. Um, And when I say the tail end, I mean the back half of the second film recap. So I missed the whole first and the Uh first part of the second. But I mean, you know, I, I think that, As long as you know that, like, the dog is the central cause of the conflict (laughs) in the first movie, and that's what kind of sparks this whole thing. Like, there's not a lot you need to know other than that. Like, Right. A lot of people
2: are after this guy.
1: Yeah, because he went after them Uh and ruffled a bunch of feathers. I mean, and I can see somebody who is uh, maybe not as adept at putting context clues together having a problem having not seen them before because there are a lot of things like the high table and there's all these coins and stuff and like all this kind of shit going on. Right. That, you know, I may not be able to explain those things to you perfectly, but I get it. I get what's going on. So
2: David, how important is it to recap one and two before we dive right into three? What do you think? I don't think it's super important, but
0: but like Carlos said, I mean, I think the, the first film is really, I mean, so I actually saw... All three of these films the same evening. Oh yeah, you got to talk went, about went, your experience. I went to a marathon, a marathon. screening of one, two, and three back to back. That's right. So <laughs> about six hours at a place
2: that serves beer.
0: At a place that serves oh. beer. <laughs> I, I was I was relatively uh, moderate in my consumption. I actually I was plotting it out as I went. I started with pilsner, you know, okay. to, to go with the low ABV. We are, we are beer in a movies. movie. Yeah, um, it had a couple of those. Then I moved on to I think it was a pale ale, and I finished the evening with I think a, a full you know full-bodied IPA. So the, you know I, I I but anyway so the, but <laughs> was, it, you was that your introduction
2: to it. all three films? It was you had was not seen any magazine, of them.
0: but for years uh-huh. since the first one came out, I had had people like my brother had told me he loved these films, and that in and I could tell by the way he talked about them that they were sort of evoking for him some of those action films of the 80s and 90s that, you know, we grew up on. And so I was excited to see them, but I just had not made the time to to see those films. So this looked like a good opportunity. I mean, the first film, I think, is the simplest, right? I Uh mean, it really is. You have a hitman who's gone into retirement, who has gotten out of the game, right? This is a story we've seen before that, you know, like the guy who, you know, is desperate to get out of his criminal life, wants to leave, has, has done it successfully, but gets pulled back in, right? And he gets pulled back in because somebody kills his dog. <laughs> so, right. so w- when that happens, he finds himself at odds with the people he used to work for, and thus you have that you know whole conflict. Go and down. They
2: introduce you what i like about it they they don't hit you over the head with the information he just goes to the continental and you have to figure out what it's all about right
0: now that's i and agree. It, it's an
2: underground assassin organization that as the films go on gets more layered and a little right. more rich on history but still
0: what i what i like you're exactly right what I like about that film and even the subsequent films as much as they've sort of built up that mythology to Mm -hmm. some extent Mm -hmm. they're not hitting you over the head with it in this didactic way where they're kind of the high table
2: has existed since 1870. And the, Tell you know, me like, more about the high table. Right. And then they just expo, you know, Yeah, exposition. there's not, there's
1: not um, the opening voiceover uh-huh. no. type of situation.
0: Or, or the character who's like, well, what is this high table? And
2: yeah. then, I've the, never told you. Yeah. yeah. And
1: honestly, even though, like, that is a fun part of it and it makes it a little more complex and, you know, yeah. that kind of thing, you could give two shits about what the. I mean, honestly, you don't need the dialogue. In this no, you're, like, you're you know It's just amazingly choreographed action sequences. Glorified
2: you're, violence, cartoonish. Am, it is violence. cartoonish. Am, it's
1: video game esque because it, and it there's gets, some first person yes. shooter
2: shit in there, man. Because the, you notice the, the difficulty. All three films.
1: The difficulty of the opponent gets increased, right? Because I mean, you know, right. at the end of this film, the guys that are coming after John Wick have like. What I believe to be probably physically impossibly strong body armor. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I mean, yeah. shit is just bouncing off of him, and oh, he's right. like, I mean, he's emptying full clips into like one guy, and they're still kind of like trucking on. You gotta really, get underneath you know? the helmet into yeah, the skin. Into the, yeah, right. and so it's like very video game esque in that yeah. uh, regard of yeah. the, the final
0: boss battle. Now, now I agree with you. I mean, the 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 focus of these films are the action sequences, and w- oh you no, know, that's the pitch talk, of the movie. It is, yeah, and we should talk movie. about those, but. I was so impressed that the bit of that plot that was there was as compelling as it was. I You're had. talking about one, two, and three, or three? Yes, I'm talking about the All build. Of it. Okay. I'm talking about as it goes on. Yeah. And that they've really created, especially with this third one, at this point, like I'm fairly convinced they've created this world. And now they have a. I mean, there's going to be a fourth film. There's plans for a release date.
2: No, every single film becomes more of a stay tuned because right, I mean it, we're, right. it, we're telling you right now there's going to be a fourth one and now we're going yeah. international.
0: Yeah. So anyway, so, the, yeah, so, go ahead. so so all I all I wanted to say is that that definitely there was more there than I expected. Sure. That's that's all of it. So, the, you know, the second one kind of brings him back, and now that he's in this world, he wants to get out of it again, right? But, right. But he can't, right? So that so that at that point, somebody has this token, right? What do they call those things? Markers. The markers, right. And that's sort of this symbolic, you know, you did something for me, so now I owe you. Right. And the guy's cashing it in, and it's an impossible kind of mission. Right. And-
2: you, you've entered a world where... Breaking the few rules that exist gets you killed. Right. You forfeit your life. You are a killer. Mm -hmm. And if you want to get into this, you you, you cannot conduct any killing business inside of a hotel that's been created for assassins to be able to come in and get new clothes and get new guns and get Get some rest. And because it's neutral territory, you're safe. Right. You don't have to look over your shoulder if everybody follows the rules. But, but no, that's ever. one rule of a couple of rules.
0: <laughs> Although in these films, nobody ever does. No,
2: like, no, they all a, follow yeah. the rules ex- until John Wick does in number two. No, no,
0: no. He's Miss
2: Perkins does not follow the rules in number one. Oh, you're right. That's and then right. we see the we see, it, she, yeah, she kills someone, and then we see the results of that, and then John Wick in the the, yeah, it's the same thing as uh, um, uh, what's his name? I'm going back to Avengers now. The captain from. Guardians of the Galaxy. Quinn. Oh,
1: Quinn, yeah. Peter No, Peter Quill. Quill.
2: Quill. All he had to do was just not just contain his anger long enough right. for the get the glove off of Thanos and then right. we wouldn't have the, the last 30 minutes of, uh, of, Avengers. of Infinity, or, or or infinity War. But uh, he or can't. He has to kill the guy on the premises, which means that a series of events has to occur, which sets us up into number right. three. He is excommunicated from this thing and now Extreme every necato, single, yeah. every single assassin in the world has a 14, 15 million dollar bounty on his head. Right. Yeah. They're all coming after him the stakes just got bigger, yeah, and
1: uh, everyone that works at this like central headquarters they're all like very heavily tattooed, and like it just has this very specific look that I find very interesting, um, oh
2: the headquarters is
1: uh, art stylized the, yeah the, and the, you I, can't
2: think about it for thirty seconds before you realize how stupid it all is,
1: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. no that th-
0: that was kind of a funny part of it,
1: yeah so there was there was something that I noticed. About this right at the top
0: uh,
1: of the film, where I was I- instantly just like "fuck yes, I'm all in." Uh-huh. And I mean, I can't imagine how many people this appealed to, because uh, it's such an interesting like su- like crossing of cultures, I guess. But Boban Marjanovic is the first assassin that tries to kill John Wick in the library. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't know who Boban is... I did not know. He's like a seven-foot-four Goliath of a center that started his career with the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. And, I mean, as you saw in the film, he's a kind of goofy-looking guy, like, you know, Uh huge ears, Uh massive features, seven-foot-four, and, you know, he became... When he was on the Spurs, this kind of like endearing figure, where everyone was like, "Yeah," because he was young and like up and coming, and everyone loved him. But then he actually started to get pretty good, and then you know there were offers coming in from from places to pay him a lot more than the Spurs were going to pay him. And so Pop was like, "You should go and you know develop your career and make as much money as you can because we're not going to pay you what the Pistons are going to pay you." And so they went there. But he's he's on the Sixers now, huh. uh, who just ended their playoff run a couple of weeks ago. But I saw that and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's fucking tight."
2: And and, and why not uh, give John Wick for this movie? You've already seen two of them if you're the average John Wick fan, and now we know what the movie's going. We know what the movie's going to be: a nonstop parade of John Wick kicking everybody's ass mm-hmm. while everyone tries to kill John Wick. That's what the movie is. Mm-hmm. they'll go to an exotic location or two, mm-hmm. they'll have a hot chick or two that mm-hmm. he's never romantic with. In this case, Holly Berry, who, by the way, is was hard to recognize. You thought so? Yeah, really? a couple of. Uh, I did not. I did not agree with that. I oh. knew it was her, but she. It was a look thing that she uh, had done that was huh. just kind of
1: interesting. Outs, outside of Bobon, there were two other things. Jason Manzukis, uh-huh. that guy <laughs> that was, yeah. nice. was amazing. Sure. I don't know if he was in any of the other ones. No, he wasn't. No, okay, no. Loved that. Uh huh. Loved, loved, loved that. And then the one that kind of took me out of the film actually was Bran of the Blackwater from Game of Thrones. He's um, the guy. That points John Wick to the elders. That kind of like Russian right. guy
0: or right. whatever.
2: That yeah. one kind of took me out of it. But I was like, oh, hey, look at that guy. Yeah, I, I, he's in Game of Thrones. And what? Well, here's what we're gonna see. Well, okay. So the action. Let's talk about the action. Let's talk about the stylized violence. Gunfu. Yeah and uh, and plenty in this film of uh of asian element with uh, the sword play. the swordplay yeah. the yeah. uh, well, swordplay
1: also also the guy from fucking uh, iron chef too it's yeah. like the yes. main, i loved that what are, i mean and he was great who are yeah, he was great who are they targeting when they're like you know what we're going to make this action movie we're going to take this kind of obscure nba player the guy from Iron Chef. I think the one of so seven. But, <laughs> I mean, but, but, like,
0: but to, to their... Mark De, DeCascos, I think is his name, who plays the Iron, the Iron, Iron Chef, Chef Yeah, The chairman, the on, chairman on the Iron yeah, Chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is actually he started his career as a martial artist okay. and he was in some of the uh, he was in like one of the Mortal Kombat films he's done like so he he had this career as an action star prior to like if anything Iron Chef is kind of a weird anomaly in his yeah, career Yeah it kind of is but um love it. but I understand love what you're Iron saying Chef. I mean I love and that's been throughout the series they've pulled in some interesting actors all along the way I mean you get some people some alums from The Wire right Lance Reddick he's been in all of them mm-hmm. um you have some people who are in the series Billions that that show up. Uh, Asia Kate Dillon is in this. Although I, I love her, I, I do love her. I don't know if I loved her
2: as the adjudicator.
0: I, I or liked at least her, the were, way the I adjud-
2: did not like her as the adjudicator at all. I thought that was a <sighs> weird casting choice. I liked her. She, she reminded me. She, I think she of it, wasn't I don't imposing even, I don't at all. Don't even, see, I don't outside even outside of her telephone. I wouldn't
0: even say that it was the casting. I think it's the writing of that character. I that I, she, I think the way that her character, authority is
2: this phantom. High table, yeah, high yeah, table high that table, exists, yeah. right? But she didn't have the physical stature to match the the power that she needed, to right? Have. Or they I never they never the allowed point, her.
0: Though. But well, okay, but I just I think there should have been a scene or two in there where she made something happen that just right. I don't know. And she any, was an. Ex- I, mean, ex- she, I mean, she, she was right
1: in the death squad. She does. She was she an does.
0: exposition
2: character.
1: I don't know. I but kind it, of. But I, I I don't know. I think it's. I think there's something to be said for having this kind of like, and, and un- you know un- what, an un- un- intimidating character. We're,
0: we're being disrespectful saying she, she, it, they is the proper pronoun. Oh, okay. for, yeah. So I don't, the, I,
1: they, I don't know anything about. The, yeah, they, they about them. are okay.
0: gender uh, neutral. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: that's good to know because I was unfamiliar with this person before this. Yeah, but. Her, the,
0: what, I look, their I, character in Billions is much more clearly marked as a gender-neutral character.
1: Okay, well, so yeah. so in, in this movie, I had to... Okay, so... I saw it in kind of a weird context. I ended up in one of these Alamo for All showings.
2: Oh, wow. Where they keep, where they keep the is. lights on. Where they up keep the lights and
1: on and the sound's not as. I haven't to one, but I've seen. Oh, them it's as like on. for
2: uh, sensitivity issues. That
1: and it's for like, you can bring infants in, like. Okay. Because normally, normally Alamo is like six and under, not allowed at any time for any reason. Right. Even if it's a G rated movie. Right. But this one is kind of like anybody can sure. come to it, there's no rules. Right. Um, you was know, that an accident? Uh, it, it was just a, t- a scheduling thing. Okay. It was the only one that I could make. Um, I should—I didn't realize that it was that until it was too late to change my plans. Mm-hmm. I could have gone to an 11.30 yeah. had I known. Right. Didn't mind it, though. Um, it allowed me to keep my phone dim and uh, take some notes. Uh-huh. Um, but halfway through the movie, uh, Asia Kate Dillon mm-hmm. uh, is, is their name. Something so familiar about about this person that I was like, who is this? Like, I couldn't put my finger on it. Looked up the casting on IMDb mid film. Didn't recognize the name. End of film. It hits me. They remind me of Lizzie Kaplan. Oh. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, she, huh. was, she was a yeah. mean girl. Something about the like, eyes. I could see that. The voice. The voice. It's the okay. voice and the tone and the delivery and like the cadence and everything. And I love I Lizzie Kaplan.
0: I do love <laughs> so Lizzie Kaplan. I,
1: I think that I may be a little biased that I like the adjudicator so much. Can, let's can, talk let's, can, let's, about can the I talk about some the of these
0: action set pieces? Let's I mean, go. Okay. The, the horse. The knife throwing fight. The horse, yes. The knife throwing fight. First. Though. Let's watch oh, yeah. it
2: first. That was so well choreographed. Now you're talking about they're in a uh, like an antique weapon yes, place where right. uh, there's a as bunch you, of knives gonna, down the you know, wall as you're covered fleeing in glass. assassins,
0: yeah. you're of course gonna stumble upon they, an antique
2: <laughs> weapon shop. Right. <laughs> and if but, we break this glass, there's unlimited knives available that's to us. Right.
1: One of the things I really liked about that scene was the first gun he uses the sound design oh, was really good because yeah. it did make this incredibly Well, he loud, has to assemble
0: the gun. I yeah, mean, at first.
1: Yeah, yeah. But because it's such an old-timey gun, it's right. going to be. A lot of la- gunpowder. La- yeah, a lot of gunpowder. is going to be mm-hmm. really fucking loud. Right. And it echoes and reverberates yeah. in that room the way that, you know, th- a lot of times these sound designers might not have the forethought or really care enough to really cha- change that right. part mm-hmm. of it. And I, it was just a really small touch that I. Really liked, it and yeah. uh, Appreciated a lot, but yeah, they're just fucking throwing dozens of knives at yeah, each other. Right. Yeah, But, but it, it, also the,
2: the new technique that I've learned that 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 you can if when the knife goes in and it doesn't go in all the way, you just hammer it in with your <laughs> with your hand. Yeah. Yeah. that happened two or three times. I think it happened in number two, but like they, yeah, you can tell that as they go from movie to movie in the sequel series that they're up in the game. Yeah, that that one hammer the knife in became three or four in this film. Yeah, mm-hmm. was that your favorite one? You it's, you. Enjoyed well, it was
0: just it was a great sequence and yeah. it came early on and and so that that was one where after seeing the first two and enjoying those and then having this one start and having that, it was like they found a way to ratchet things. I mean, because it was uh-huh. just so well choreographed. Right. Everything, you know, yeah, like knives being thrown around. But, you know, you've already mentioned the horse. It's, so good. I mean, him riding, well, first of all, using the horses as weapons to kick people in the face by tapping them and having them
2: kick. <laughs> kick. back. back, back Their two back legs, yeah. legs kick, and when yeah. he can position the horse in the right place, he can send the guy 20 yeah. feet across the road. It,
0: that, that was beautiful. But then once he's actually on the horse and riding in the streets... Uh-huh. Yeah. And fighting people on motorcycles, uh-huh. riding alongside them and, in the horse. And there's just a
1: fairly large stable in New York City. Yeah, there are a couple. Like there ones. are easily okay because yeah. yeah. I saw that
0: that well, was. Think the about it. You got like, the horses in Central Park. You got the uh, horses. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah, right. right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So the, I mean, the, that was really well pulled off. And and knowing that they do these as practical as possible, right? I mean, these are films that are made. By well, you know, Keanu Reeves is a big figure here. I mean, these are films that he's really helped get made. A bona fide movie star. Bona fide movie star who takes his physical performance very seriously, yeah. has trained in martial arts, has yeah. has done all this sort of like as much of his stunt work as possible on many of his films. Yes. Actually brought on the guys who were his stunt doubles in uh, the Matrix series um, to direct the original film, and one of them has stayed on. They were co-directors on were the first one. They are co-directors on
1: the first one. Right. One of them stayed and has done all three. Only right. films he's directed. Yes. Also, Boban was interviewed about his experience, you know, with his little yeah. cameo in this movie, and he... He talked very specifically about Keanu Reeves's intensity, yeah, and how like serious the guy is, and, ha- said and how seriously to. he takes everything. And he was like, "It reminds me of like me going into an NBA game. There you like, go. How serious right. you yeah. are about this kind of thing, which I, you know, is probably one of the reasons that he is one of this generation's most." successful movie stars mm-hmm. as far as like the longevity of his career. Yeah. See,
0: I don't know I, I mean it's funny because in in some ways and actually I went I went to go see this movie with a friend who does not think very highly of Keanu Reeves. In fact, quite opposite, thinks very Poorly of of Keanu Reeves. I understand. Because he focuses on his ability to modulate his emotion. And and he is. He's got a very flat kind of delivery. And it works sometimes. With with most of the characters he plays, I mean, I think either he's choosing the parts or people are choosing to cast him in parts that really can work with that. Right. Um, So I would not call him an actor with great emotional range. However... In terms of physical performance, the guy can do a lot of amazing things.
1: Well, that's why I think it's important that we use the right terminology when talking about Cannon Reeves, because he's not a great actor. He's a movie star. Okay. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he, he's not going to give a transformative yeah. Michael Fassbender esque performance where he becomes Steve Jobs or right. whatever character he's playing, but the man can carry a film yeah, which I can't when the imagine,
2: content is correct,
1: I can't imagine it's an easy thing to do. Like he has something about him that makes you want to look at him on screen.
2: Well, do you, it could be that John Wick's, uh, the, one of the notable things about this movie is that it's not dialogue heavy, especially when Keanu Reeves is on the screen. Yeah. The dialogue that, that, that's required it, to push a story along is done by backward characters talking about John Wick when he's not around. Yeah. But when that. John Wick's on the screen, he's there to do one thing, be attacked and then kill his attackers.
1: Yeah, we'll pass. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I guess that's true, and I guess the the Matrix was kind of similar too. I mean, a lot of his more successful roles have been kind of similar. In that he has a lot more dialogue. Yeah, he has a lot
2: more dialogue in in the Matrix, certainly.
1: Yeah, uh, there is a movie that uh, breaks that rule about Keanu's acting. Um,
2: We'll talk about that later. Yeah. So you've got um, uh, the first movie. Yeah. Smaller in scope, smaller in budget. Mm -hmm. The second movie, we're going to ramp it up. Yeah. We're gonna be. A, we're gonna have to, to go. Uh, a lot of people are after him. Right. Yeah. The third movie, even more, and literally everyone is after him. Yeah. So we are seeing a ramping up in this. In the very traditional, we're creating sequels as we go. Yeah. yeah. The action scenes have to become bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, we got to get you know the we got to show his ability to take apart and put together guns quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More effectively, yeah, and then you've got to get bigger and bigger stars. Like we're watching the ramp up here. Oh, Lawrence Fishburne, where did he go? Oh, now we got Holly Berry. Uh, I forgot to say something about
1: Lawrence Fishburne. Sure, I, I, he's more prominent in the second, correct? He wasn't in the oh, first. He
2: is in the second. He is right, but he,
1: but his role in the second is the bigger the, yes. than the third, yes. right? He's fucking badass in the third. He was a yeah. really
2: good actor. We know that already. But it, did you did I you figure him. did you think about oh the Matrix guys are back together? I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I mean, I guess maybe I thought about it a little bit before they were they when they were doing the recap and uh-huh. they, they played the clip yeah. um, from John Wick two where he like very dramatically and somewhat musically exclaims, "Get this man a gun." in The second one. <laughs> yeah. And then there was like a title card that came up. Don't call him Morpheus or whatever. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> which, which honestly, I just thought. Like, oh, that's what he's known for the most. Right. I get it. It didn't occur to me to think about, oh yeah, him and Keanu were in this the Matrix. This is Morpheus and, and Neo, this. yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about it at all, but he was fucking cool in this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. I and mean, it's, he's
2: cool all the time. And I, yeah. and I have
0: a feeling that we're gonna see a lot more of him in the fourth Team one. Team up, that's what the fourth one's well, talking that, about. Well, right, I mean, that's Team where up. they kind of leave <laughs> us, yeah.
2: But the other thing they're doing as they ramp up film to film to film is is a, a, a particularly gory or two death scene. Oh, yeah. And the third one, it's stabbing the guy in the eye Ooh, without cutting away yes. and watching the the blade plunge all yeah, the way yeah. in. And if you think about this franchise, the blade plunging in, and then the blood splatter, I mean, like, the whole violent, uh, uh, how, 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 how graphic it is, mm-hmm. is... Notable. I mean, notable for a mainstream R-rated non-horror film. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I liked Halle Berry's
1: Dogs in that. Yeah. Bison.
2: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, That was yeah. great. But oh, yeah, Whenever, yeah. whenever
1: the it's eye wrapping thing... wrapping up
2: the action. We got to... What can we do? Let's get dogs, dogs. in bulletproof vests. Yeah, which was hard. Throwing yeah. people around a room. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. But, yeah. no,
1: but to go back to the eye thing, uh-huh. when it happened, I literally went,
2: ooh! Yeah, too. I, I like... I, I winced.
1: I made a
2: visceral,
0: yeah. like, They're, just
2: yes. guttural you don't sound, sound. you don't see penetration. You don't see knives. You see a slashing movement. You see a blood splatter on the wall, yeah. a cutaway. Yeah. But this is like, we're going to put the blade into the top of your skull. I'm going to hammer it in with my hand, yeah. and you're going to watch the whole thing. Right. And but the audience is loving it, clearly. But,
1: but especially the eyeball one, because oh, it yeah. happens so slow. Uh-huh. You're just like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, <sighs> and then it happens oh like, it's just so hard to watch but it's like yeah. so well the suspense of it is so well done yeah um, yeah I mean it's balls
2: it, to the walls action man perfect
1: action movie I'll yeah. go ahead and say it it's a perfect action movie
2: is it over stylized no are you gonna ask me if it's over stylized? <laughs> Does it? Okay, is there a break? You know that I love. Okay, are we wa- are we watching? Okay, David, cover your ears. I'm gonna use the word universe. Are we watching a <laughs> universe that is, is supposed to exist in our current world, but we're not aware of it because we're not in the system, or are we watching a some kind of parallel universe where the where the rules that we know are going to bend and change?
1: Uh, I could give two shits as long as Canyon Reeves keeps. I up do. Ass, I don't know it idea. doesn't distract that you that
2: it. people walking through Penn Station or wherever they are in New York are just kind of. Ambivalence to the idea that people are dying and getting shot and dropping on the ground.
1: No, yeah, I th- I, I thought about that because that every he,
2: single homeless person in, in in New York is fake.
1: Yeah, he. he <laughs> well, I, I like that actually, but just but, like birds aren't real. But what um, a weird job! I'm going to pretend to be homeless just so that yeah, I can. Jason Manzuga pulls up his sleeve and he's got the nice ass watch on. Yeah, right. that was that was good. But uh, yeah, I did think about that in Grand Central Station when that line of kids cuts off him and uh, the Iron Chef and. Yeah. Uh, then he, like, kills the guy, but then the body disappears. Yeah. Uh, when really all of the
2: assassins that. in the world are notified that John Wick is around, they're on every single corner every of every corner, single yeah. block of New York City?
1: Yeah. I, that stuff doesn't bother me at all. Okay. I, yeah. Because, I mean, the... You know, we talk about the rules of a film and stuff like
0: that a lot. Um,
2: There's a lot of assassins. The assassin, the assassin, to people you can assassinate ratio seems to be a little weighted <laughs> on the assassin <laughs> yeah. side. It, I, it does. It, it is. Does. I.
0: It kind of adds a comic element to sure. it. to it, me. Like you were talking about the the sort. Oh, of hold st-
2: on. I'm getting a text.
0: <laughs> I gotta go, guys. Yeah, yeah. The, the, talking about like the switchboard room where where you yeah. have like what's so it? antiquated. I mean, all but the yes, technology. Right. The Why computers, would it be? The, right. But like hundreds of Jumping. these operators like how many of these assassins are there around the world and how much of the board do you how, need to have how of these many days? tattooed
2: uh, nose ring <laughs> women exist that can
0: do this particular but again, job but that's where so I feel busy. like I feel no it like was
2: beautiful I mean it's you fun. either you, you gotta, either play it
0: really small yeah. and you make it like there's a single person who operates everything and it's a dark room right, and it's yeah. just, or you go really big and broad and you make it silly and, and these people watch and, and, and these filmmakers
2: watch Brazil yeah, that's what it reminded yeah, me of. Was yeah. that same exact even the the pneumatic right tubes well, this, that shoot and, the and again these
0: are th- these are films that that shoot are,
2: information to who right these where do those tubes go to who exactly yeah. anyway, these are ahead. films that are made with a lot of love for
0: for films for right? Fun. I mean for fun but also I mean there's a ton of. Obvious, uh, you know, homages to John Woo in there with mm -hmm. with the Gun Fu stuff. There's uh, Sergio Leone, right, with the good, the bad, and the ugly references. I mean, there's just all of these. There's a Matrix reference in it. Yes. All these nice little touches in there that these are films that if you are a film fan, especially of action films of mm -hmm. the past, you're going to find something. And I think. Going back to what I was saying earlier where I feel like all the oxygen is taken up by these superhero films for our action film appetites, Mm -hmm. it's so kind of refreshing. Breath of fresh air. To see something that's, it feels so much more... I don't know, just small in scale, especially with the first one. And it has built. I mean, oh, yeah. I'll agree yeah. with that. But it's still like the fights feel like very human fights, like choreographed human fights. As much as these are expert fighters and it's like,
2: it's humanly Oh, and possible we see his origin see story. Doing. Yes. We see his, or, his origin story comes into play because right. Angelica Houston shows up. Yeah. We're ramping it up. Yeah. We're that was ramping it up. We're yeah. yeah. good. So, I, I want to say one more thing. Okay. Do you mind? If your artery is nicked, and it's stitched up in 5 minutes. We don't care that he wouldn't really be able to do any of that.
1: No, no, no. Okay, all. go ahead. Continue. <laughs> I, I really don't care at okay, all. Okay, go ahead. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it seems a, an unimportant detail. Okay. Uh to the to the rest of the film. If anything, they were just like, okay, he did get stabbed pretty notably. I guess we have to add this scene to <laughs> And then he shoots the, shoot time the time. doctor. Uh, yeah. Well, the <laughs> so, doctor asked him to I understood. Yeah, yeah. It was great comedy. It's it good. Which was which was interesting. Um the music in this movie's really good too. I I really like Tyler Bates as a film composer because yeah. he's a guitar player. Uh he's Marilyn Manson's guitar player actually. Huh. And you know, we're so I mean, you have like, you know, the old school when you go back to like Alex North and Ennio Morricone and John Williams and Jerry Goldsmith and all that kind of stuff that's very orchestral mm-hmm. and then you had some of the 80s that stuff that was done because of budget restraints that's now being done for stylistic choices where you have a lot of synthesizers and things like that not a lot of guitar heavy film scores and his movies are because he's a guitar player especially yeah. this one and i i really like that it's very um different kind of take on scoring for a film and i, I think it's done very effectively. he cuts
2: his own finger off yeah it's awesome he sure does Gonna start nit,
1: are you gonna start nitpicking the this man is No,
2: I'm talking about the I mean this, this is man the is action you're gonna so see so many times. This is the action you're going to see. When yeah. he gets branded. we're gonna show when he you ca- a dude cutting his finger off.
1: Yeah. When he gets branded when he cashes in his ticket within Angelica Houston, yeah. I thought about that and I was like, I cannot imagine how excruciatingly painful getting branded is. Worse sure. than cutting
2: off your own finger and then cauterizing it with a hot poker? Yeah. In in the same league. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think... Yeah, and then he I, comes I back to, and kicks a hundred dudes ass. I, I have to imagine getting
0: Brandon's worse. Yeah. Right. Uh, S- okay. Yeah, he
1: punches pretty effectively with only four fingers in his
0: hand. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. God, hey, quiet, come on. Quiet, you, don't, quiet. you don't need the power of a full finger. You don't need that ring finger well. for anything? No. no. no he gave his uh, ring away. All right. But you do we need... We enjoyed this flick. You do need... Yes, we did enjoy this flick. You do need some good imperial milk stout with some nice adjuncts to uh pair with this because this is a this beer, top-notch quality film yeah and you want a top-notch quality beer to go this along beer with it.
1: is as over the top as john wick 3 is
0: yeah yeah i agree also this beer
1: we, tried to stab me uh, one last one last <laughs> thing about the movie is the part where the 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 parabellum thing comes oh. into play uh-huh. uh was hard like that scene was hard and I like the stylization of the subtitles as well, but um, the beer. Yeah, and it's been that way of yeah, all three they, films. They, they, that's worked. a consistent. Yeah. Yeah, I, These, yeah, I really like that. But yeah, this
0: beer is good.
2: Will you go back and watch the first two? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, you should. Okay. You should.
2: So top. tell us what we're drinking it's again. Weathered Souls, is that out of San Antonio? And I just remember L eleven point eight and milk coffee stout. Yeah, yeah. imperial yeah. milk stout with uh, cream caramel. It is just rich
0: and, and decadent. And I mean, as yeah, decadent as an over-the-top action film. Um, And, you know, again, you're going to feel... Maybe a little bit guilty because that body count. You should probably care that so many people are dying. <laughs> I right. wish I would have counted. I was
2: I was actually curious about bringing up the whole idea about sexuality and violence, and how we treat them very differently. But we'll right. save that for. Right. Time. Well, That's I, a I would happily see that many people having sex on film. That's fine. Uh, you might get it in eyes wide shut in the pants. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I I, I yeah. But uh, often. Yeah. No. But but in in
0: terms of that kind of guilty pleasure that we might be talking about. With an action film like this. This this you know beer, I, I hate to think what kind of caloric intake I'm I'm doing here, but yeah. it it is definitely worth it because it's worth it. it is just so rich. I mean, that the body is exactly like you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that the, thickness in a stout that we were craving right? with right. that golden stout. Yes, in the last episode. And then, you know, that the coffee's right there, and mm-hmm. it's just a really nice well sort made, balanced coffee flavor. Oh,
2: strongly made. Good call. So good. Have you had any of the French press series? You said it was a series where they is, pick yeah. coffee beans from different parts of the world.
1: Yeah, the one before this was the Rwanda. Okay. Which was met with universal praise. Okay. Um, I mean, everyone that I've seen talking about it hails it as the. Did you have it? I did not. Oh, know. I've never had it, but that's supposed to be the best one though there has been some debate since the release of this movie. I was going to say,
2: what's the critical reaction of this?
1: It's kind of split 50-50 whether it's better than Rwanda or not. Uh-huh. Um, some people think that this is the best one they've done now and surpassed the Rwanda. Others maintain that the Rwanda is still the best, but I haven't seen anybody that doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. It's i got to tell you, universally I universally
2: praised. I'm going to still say that that Smith Vietnamese Speedway Stout is... A hair better than this, but this is a delicious beer. That's really good. How do you get your hands on it? I mean, that's the thing about the the podcast that I guess got to frustrate people. Here we are drinking (laughs) all this amazing beer, and if you don't live near San Antonio, Texas, you might not get your hands on this thing. Yeah, you you got to go to the brewery or know somebody that does.
1: Got to get a mule. That's yeah, that's the the only way they release these. But as our
2: listeners know, there are
0: breweries wherever they are that are probably doing something along these lines. And again, it may not be as good, or it may. Be even better. Who knows? Yeah, and and comparable for sure. They want to send that to us. They can. of course, of course.
1: All right. So we really dove into
2: John Wick three, and
1: we
0: are.
2: We have not had anybody send us beer yet. And if you are the first person to send us beer. I can only imagine that you will get some very big on Mike Universal praise. Oh. Be, be, be that person. Be that person.
1: Be the change Absolutely. you want to see in the world. Yeah, that's um, right. Sorry, I get And we're going to be
2: the
0: change over to a new uh, topic with some films that are related to uh, John Wick. And, uh, and we've already been talking about a little bit with The Matrix uh, in the second half of this episode. When we return.
2: We are back. We talked on and on about John Wick, so let's get straight mm. to the next beer, Carlos. You've got a very large can in your hand. <laughs> it's not just a can; it's
0: a growler.
2: A growler.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's like a growler but smaller, and it's a can. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a thirty-two ounce can. Mm. It's very uh, large and in
2: charge. Um, and this, so I. I love the growler movement. I'm going to tell you that right now. I like it too. Um, I don't have to take my growler. I can get 32 ounces of beer, put into a can right in front of me. I can take it home. Honestly, it,
1: that's the biggest inconvenience about growlers is that if you forget it, you're fucked. Right. And, and especially in this case, I was out of town um, when I got this. And so I, maybe I should, but I don't just like take growlers with me when I go on trips out of town, uh, which I guess I should do actually. Well, you broke protocol.
2: and but... You cracked that thing open. We don't even know what we're drinking yet. Um, well, okay, so
1: this is... It's called Riff. It is a New England IPA from St. Elmo Brewing, which is uh, in Austin on St. Elmo Street. Um, St. Elmo Road, sorry, excuse me. Um, And this, yeah, it's a New England IPA in collaboration with Banded Brewing Company at Mm -hmm. 6.5%. Yeah, there's not a whole lot else to say. There's no crazy adjuncts. There's no anything like that. It's just uh, a New England IPA.
0: Hazy. New England IPA. Dun, done with a brewery from New England. Yeah. And they'll
2: typically, what, accelerate the uh, the fermentation cycle? Uh, not filter the beer?
0: Right. So unfiltered, and they work yeah. with yeast that tend to produce a, a cloudier kind of, uh, you yeah. know. The um, yeast selection's
1: important. Yeah. One thing I'll say about this, whenever I, because I, I went to the brewery... Um, over the over the weekend when I was, uh, as discussed in the previous episode there for the Austin Record Convention, and I went up and, and got it, and it. It just said collab, N-E-I-P-A, and I was like, oh, what's the riff? Like, what's the collab? And they were like, oh, we did it with Banded Brewing in Maine. I mean, about as that's about as New England as you can get down right. here uh, as far as like, credentials are concerned, but, you know, we can't all be electric jellyfish.
0: <laughs>
1: and this is better than electric jellyfish.
2: Ooh. All
1: right. Wow, well by, well by by a substantial margin
2: hmm. so prior to john wick and keanu's uh, n- recent reascension into great box office with john wick 3 he was in a, like I, I think i said it earlier in the episode one of the seminal kind of action films of the last uh, few decades and it's the matrix yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, so
0: 1999, we're 20 years on. That That's blew amazing. my mind when we, because when we were talking about this episode and talking about, oh, let's, well, you know, we should touch back on The Matrix, you know, Keanu's last sort of moment of major glory uh-huh. with uh, with action film success, even though he's clearly done a lot of action films in between. Um, but. You know, looking back at it, it blew my mind that it had been 20 years since that film came out. And it probably has been 15 since I watched it the last time, honestly. Yeah. So watching it again, it was really impressive how much that film, the, the original I, did, I didn't watch all three. No, no. No all, reason to.
2: Yeah, the only one we should talk about is the original, yeah. don't you think? I well, agree. yeah. No, I, mean,
0: I agree. I'd be curious to hear <laughs> if you guys have particular feelings about the, the second and Oh, third. I thought that
2: they were underwhelming based on yeah. how it was. I mean, awesome there, the were moments, was. there were certainly some moments. There were some moments. And, and, too and I, cartoonish. Th-
0: what I will say is that I think this first film does an amazing job of setting up this premise that I did want to see expanded. I remember seeing it originally in the Mm -hmm. theater and just feeling sort of energized by it and like, I can't wait. I can't wait for them to make more of these films because this is a world that I want to understand because it feels like that first film, even though it's like, what, almost like two and a half hours long, it feels like it's just scratching the surface. In, in some way. And I mean, it's I'm so, not saying that in a bad way. I'm not saying like, oh, it didn't give me enough. I'm just saying like, it left me feeling like
2: I've gotten this glimpse into this little world and I want to see it keep going. In the last episode Call Us, you were talking about the technology not being ready for the medium when it came to Super Mario Brothers or <laughs> Bros, as you called it. Uh, yeah, I did say that. Uh the Matrix, there's, there's a couple of scenes where you can see it's not as seamless as maybe I thought that it was when I saw it in the theater the very first time. When its mouth gets closed up, he can't talk. Mm. How can you make a phone call <laughs> if you can't even speak? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. um, the was hard. Uh, but other than that, it's all... It, it, the technology was right for what for the time that it was made. Sure. And uh, it's a technology-based movie. You don't yeah. get those as often, but... Technology well it was, based I think to
0: the degree- technology based but marrying it and that was kind of nice to see with Pure the practical fiction. well no but okay. the practical fight choreography mm-hmm. in some of those sequences mm-hmm. right so I think like there's a nice balance when you get into those action scenes where yes you're using some very specific kind of uh, cinematic, cinematographic technology to be able to create those bullet time images, right? right? Like, you're going to slow down things. You're going to be able to move the camera around right. and see it from Now it's been parodied
2: angles. to death, but sure. to go back to that original but the, source I mean, that material, was, yeah. Right.
0: So seeing that is great. But it's also, you know, Keanu, uh, Carrie Ann Moss, uh-huh. Lawrence Fishburne, they are people, if you go weaving, they're actually doing a lot of that fighting and you're seeing them perform these choreographed movements really well in these fight sequences.
2: Yeah, and I meant specifically the... um technology required to tell this story that begins in quote-unquote the real world right but then takes us to an alternate real world that's going to require some special effects to get us there and it look it it, it still looks great right and the story is still compelling because even as those 20 years have gone by 20 years david yeah we blinked and yeah saw the matrix came out 20 years ago um the story that it's telling, that there's more than meets the eye, that Mm -hmm. there is a a larger thing controlling us than we understand if we're just consumers. Yeah. The message of the film is still reticent. I mean, I I really enjoy, I watched it the other day with my 13-year-old daughter who I'm trying to introduce her to some old films. Mm -hmm. She loved it as Mm -hmm. a 13-year-old grown up in the Snapchat era. Yeah. Social media era. Yeah. Never known a world without cell phones. Right. That's crazy. Uh, uh, it uh, uh it holds up for her and it and it really held up yeah. for me
0: i mean the concept is great in the and 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 i think executed really pretty well i mean if anything stood out to me watching it now um, as opposed to then it is funny to think okay so apparently cuz cuz the premise is we've sort of arrested in time or that the, the machines the ai have created the simulation of what the world was like at the apex of humanity, which would have been 1999, right.
2: but it's really 2199. Well, they 99. require the energy of human bodies, right? They actually, right. And they're they farming us.
1: They actually don't know what year it is. He, Lawrence Fishburne guesses. He's guess closer, to 20, right? He's right. Like, but in reality, it's closer to 2199.
0: Right. So, but but anyway, a long time has passed, and yet the technology they're using on their ship in the real world looks like nineteen ninety nine technology. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's like but you're in a well, because they were in a world where AI has been progressing and creating these things and you're able to even just get around in these things that are sort of built on prehistoric technology well, yeah, they
1: comparatively. Would, because because they're in hiding and essentially... It's lead like you know, a Battle Angel. They're scrounging
2: through the dump, trying yeah, to find any technology to create. The, the humans
1: wouldn't have the resources to advance technology in the way that it, yeah. the AI has. It's uh, the universe, David. It's the universe. Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, there so, are rules. <laughs> but it is. And I think, you know, seeing that birth scene uh-huh. again, yeah. you know, him being, like, plucked from uh-huh. the, the pod and then put down through the canal and, like, coming out with all the mucus on it. I mean... the it's still like some great imagery, sure. and it, and really just again conceptually really well um, put together. I mean, it was it, it it's it was a great um, premise that the Wachowskis came up with and to see it all executed
2: and, and how it was, it was really a revelatory kind of film. See, I hate films that rely on technology to tell the story because the technology like ultimately change changes. You've got, um, remember the very first movie that kind of talked about the internet? It was called The Net. It starred Sandra <laughs> Bullock. And there was like a five... Remember a, fear.com? There was a five-minute yes. sequence. <laughs> There's a five-minute sequence of Sandra Bullock. Get this ordering a pizza online <laughs> and then the delivery man delivers the pizza and you don't even have to pick up the phone right but the technology at the time was so new and exciting sure. anytime that you're watching a film with cell phones in it and then three years goes by and you watch that film again it's like that cell phone's a piece of old crap you right. know what i mean because the technology is changing so especially
1: quickly. in the matrix i mean I thought those phones where you just like hit a button and the thing slid out. I thought that was the coolest, uh-huh. most advanced shit I'd ever seen. How are they gonna do better than this? My life, yeah. not that cool anymore. Right. But uh, I don't know, man. But but you I,
2: forgive it when the story, when everything else is just there. It certainly is in the Matrix. Because I mean,
1: that movie is like it's the best they could have done. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, I. Th-
2: Think that's kind of a dismissive way to describe it, but I well I think th- about Star Wars. You go back to the original Star Wars. You can't. You don't blame George Lucas at the time. It was the, I don't th- think the graphics a... on the screen and the green yeah. screen were not even.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess I was talking more about the tech that's like visually depicted, uh-huh. not mm-hmm. the tech that was used to make the effects. No, um, I, I, but we were talking about the same. Thing. But okay, both. Um, one of the things that makes the matrix such a great movie is that the wachowskis took one of the most storied problems of philosophy and boiled it down to its base form and made it one of the most entertaining film going experiences that you could have so it put this the problem of mind body dualism into this like huge gigantic this scope that we had never seen these topics discussed before and I mean as far back as Descartes in like the 1600s or whatever was proposing that there is this idea that I am possibly the only person in the world that exists and I'm just running through the simulation that some demon has put me in. Cause right. He, you know, he was a Christian or whatever. But uh, <laughs> but then that gets updated as tech progresses mm-hmm. and then it became the brain in a vat to where you don't even have a body and your brain is just in this vat that's being put through the simulation or whatever. and But then you get it in this really fun, interesting science fiction universe that has groundbreaking action sequences. Sure. And that has great acting and all this other stuff and that's the thing that makes it i mean if descartes was talking about this in 1600 and we're still talking about it today that's one of the things that because the subject matter of the film is so timeless the film itself then maintains that longevity and i mean i saw this movie in a theater for the first time a couple years ago okay because some kind of It, it was a throwback. Uh, special Alamo screening. Yeah. Uh, they, at the time, they were calling it Tough Guy Cinema.
2: That was the yeah. first time you ever saw it?
1: In a theater. In a theater. In a theater. Um. Cause it came out in '99, so it was seven. Mm-hmm. Probably not gonna convince my parents figured, to take take me do, to that one. Do you one, remember? Um, I forget um, you caught it. it on beta since then.
0: What's up? Do you remember it being out? Do Do you remember hearing about it? No. When
2: you were seven I,
1: years old, I I remember it because he was playing Pokemon. My yes, correct. Um, I remember it because my uncle was a really big fan of it. Yeah. And at some, I had a friend when i was in elementary school and this probably was a couple of years after it came out whose older brother had shown it to him and um, he would all he, he this particular kid i mean we were like 9 and 8 or 9 or whatever would do the impression of neo like bending backwards uh-huh. but had this like superhuman <laughs> ability to like to do almost do it the exact same way i mean the guy could like get almost parallel to the ground oh, yeah and it was just like funny because i don't know he would just do it whenever and so that was kind of like what uh, made me aware of the film mm-hmm. and then i found out that it was like one of my uncle's favorite films and me and him are very similar especially as i've gotten older uh, probably not as much then but and i was like oh my uncle likes this thing he's a cool guy yeah. I, I need to see this movie and it took me forever but i finally did and I I have lost count of how many times I've seen it at this point huh. probably like 40 times. Yeah, you said that. Already. Yeah, I've seen yeah, it I feel more I've, than any other movie. I feel like
0: now that I've rewatched it just recently, I'll probably rewatch it again more regularly. It's so good. It it is and I and it, I think it's funny. I mean, I remember when it came out in 99 and I was in college and I was not I, I was going to art house movies. It was it was like when I was starting to be like that smoking aspiring cigarettes. aspiring cinephile while I was drinking well, espresso, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. And but I remember one of my friends who was one of the guys who was turning me on to a lot of art cinema. He mm-hmm. was like he was the guy who made me watch Fellini films okay. and made me watch uh, Antonioni and these. And he was a, a prime
2: professor in your education.
0: He, yes, although he was right. a peer, you know. Yeah, he, no, but, I understood. Yes. And so I remember, you know, hanging out with him in his apartment. He's like, have you seen The Matrix yet? He's like, oh, we got to go see The Matrix right now. And I'm like, Well, is it okay, so the, this film that's out right now is so important that we got to go see it. And we, like we went to the next show. And I that, thought we
2: were watching The Bicycle Thief. <laughs>
0: right. And, and I just remember being kind of floored by it. Like, mm-hmm. okay, here is this... Action cinema that's bringing together, you know, some of those philosophical kind of quandaries that uh, that Carlos was just talking about and Doing it in a way that really feels fully Realized and integrated it's it didn't feel forced it didn't feel like oh, we're gonna be hitting you over the head with these big concepts And then somehow diminishing the action, or that we're gonna focus only on the action, have these, it found that perfect. It's gonna have the mindlessness of of John Wayne. Yeah. So, I mean, and it still holds up that way. I mean, it's still got that combination that you rarely see. Yeah, I agree. Strong. I mean, strong strong female.
1: You left
2: us speechless. All right. (laughs) That was so
1: compelling. I mean, you know, you've got your reluctant hero. You've Mm -hmm. got a really strong female figure in Trinity. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got uh, the deceit of uh, Cypher. Cypher, and That whole thing. Joe Pantoliano. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, as many, I've seen it a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And I know I'm falling into this like you know cinema bro trope by like praising this movie it's so fun. much which i don't like to do yeah. um
2: if the shoe fits uh,
1: but it really is like the the rewatchability is insane it's well, so entertaining I mean, even when is, you know what's it gonna is happen cinema
0: bro i get that and 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 you it's like know, saying my favorite movie is fight club or something
1: like that you know like right
0: oh <laughs> fight club's a good movie
1: it <laughs> is but most of the people that are like oh have you seen fight club i really I like film right like fight club's such a great movie they're the they think it's badass that they're like beating each other up no not, i am not realizing guys, but, but, a, but, but we're
0: but, talking but, way too much of five you're five right five, but, five, but, five, but five. i just want to make one quick That's point five, five, six, before supposed to be doing and we can <laughs> but but considering where the Wachowskis have gone since this film which, which is which, where well the, the, the jupiter ascending yeah that was the most reason um, it's like a 900
1: page s- screenplay Speed but uh, but laser. i'm talking
0: more about them as as uh, as public figures uh-huh. that, that they've sort of gone through these transitions Certainly. and all that like you look at this in the way that this film thinks about things like identity and transformation and all that Who like are we right that there's a lot there I mean like this may be in some sense a bro movie but I think this movie has a lot in there that sort of pushes against that but it's actually I, I agree with yeah
2: that. yeah but it also broke planes to make as much money as it did means or meet their they're reaching more demographics than just bros right in the yeah, theater right for sure the movie appeals to, to to certain types of women and everybody yeah but, but john wick probably won't also uh, a great I don't know, great soundtrack man. we'll see i don't know but carlos great soundtrack you were saying about the soundtrack
1: Oh, it's amazing got that rage song at the end
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's true yeah it it's
1: hard yeah it it's mm-hmm. so hard
2: earlier in the episode mean. you said that we might talk about some other Keanu Reeves stuff. And I think oh, I'd yeah. be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity. Cause I think you want to talk right. about point break and I'd be willing to do that with no, you for a minute no. or so.
0: No, it's not point break. Mm, it's not point break. the uh, Sandra
2: Bullock movie with the, the beach mm, house. What's it called? The lake house. <laughs> the
1: lake house. Yes, yeah. That's what it's called. No, that's fuck your, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, no, because uh, the reason that I brought up some of his other work or that I wanted to at some point maybe do that was because um, we were talking about in John Wick uh, and you know, also in The Matrix is similar. He has this really great, charismatic on-screen presence. He's very physical, but a lot of his more shining performances are sparse on the dialogue. Okay. However, there is a 2015 film in which he has a lot of dialogue and delivers one of the most electric monologues that I've seen depicted on screen, and it is uh, Eli Roth's Knock Knock. Um, did not see it it did not I mean it didn't do a lot it was very, it was a very Eli Roth directs Keanu Reeves yeah very small indie film um, and uh, yeah almost no money I mean there's really three people in it there's like three other people that kind of come in and out but it's really just three people in a house over a 24 hour period kind of thing um, and he, I was talking to David about this the other day Eli Roth's the one that kind of put me on to what a fantastic movie performer Keanu Reeves is. I always kind of felt, I was was never negative about Keanu Reeves, but I was like, okay, yeah, he does the one thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and it wasn't until I heard Eli Roth talking about him in context of Knock Knock, the film that he directed him in, that it's like, yeah, this guy does have this crazy electric on-screen thing that you want to look at him, and he can carry a movie in a way that a lot of people can't. Mm -hmm. And, but yeah, he I mean, he gives this monologue. He's like tied to this chair and he, they're like threatening to kill him and stuff and he gives this very Nick Cageian screaming over the top like nothing I've ever seen nothing I've ever seen him do before in all the movies I've ever seen of him throughout mm-hmm. his whole career and he just I mean, he fucking commits to it. And I mean, I'm sure there are some people there're some people that will watch it and think it's dumb or think that it doesn't work or think it's like whatever, but I can respect an actor making a choice like that mm-hmm. and really going one hundred percent all in with that choice and I think it I think it works.
2: If you go back to eighty eight, eighty nine, I'm gonna point you to Dangerous Liaisons.
1: Mm. Okay, I haven't Which, seen that. A fucking
2: great movie, dude. It's so good. And Uma Thurman's in it. Mm. Love that. Young and beautiful. 88, 89. And he, it's Victorian. I, I don't know the proper term. It's Elizabethan, whatever it oh, is. Oh, okay. And he tries to do an English accent. And I'll tell you this, he's not <laughs> he's not horrible. But maybe his finest acting performance ever.
1: Dangerous yeah. liaison.
2: No, no, no. Parenthood. Oh, Directed Parenthood. by Ron Howard. Oh, yeah. He, now, run, he plays a supporting character role in that right. thing, but it... it He's so good in Bill and Ted One because mm-hmm. it's he can just do this silly thing. Yeah. And prior to that, he was in River's Edge. I mean, like he's got this really great career working with all kinds of fantastic. My own Private
1: Idaho is another. Without a doubt, mm-hmm. without Staying a out, doubt.
2: Yeah. Um. But with Parenthood, he just plays like a like a dummy young guy. Yeah. And he does a really good job at it. Interesting. So, I mean, Keanu Reeves has got these like weird hits and misses where sometimes yeah. you look at the acting and you go, oh, boy, wow. Like in like, The Lake House. Okay, yeah. But then sometimes he's he's just great. And you're right, Carlos, he's a movie star in the sense of without that classic acting ability that we think of when we think of a Tom Hanks movie star or a Morgan Freeman movie star, he's, he's, he can still carry the film. And the John Wick franchise, watching this kind of Grow in front of us as a as, as an original property, and at how rare it is to have an original property on film anymore. Yeah, in the wake of the Avengers, you know, Endgame. I'm eager to see where it goes. Yeah, really can't say enough yeah. positive things about
1: taking an original property like that and making it what it is. Um, also, can't say enough great things about this beer. Yeah, thoughts, concerns, it, comments.
0: It is thoughts, concerns, comments. It is as good as you build it. Um, it's so good. It, you, now I like electric jellyfish, and this is this is a beer from Pinehouse Pizza that uh, Carlos referenced earlier. Another Austin uh, brewery that uh, that's sort of known in Texas as as having one of the best uh, hazy IPAs out there. But uh, but this is I think it, I think you're right. It it's outdoes does it. It outdoes does yeah. it. And it's sad. To think that this is a collab, which means it's probably just a one-off, and, yeah. and you won't be getting any more of this, but I'm excited to think that St. Elmo is up there making beer with this kind of uh, approach, and maybe I'll be able to have some other delicious offerings from them.
1: They, I had to go back to our last episode, where we were talking about that Golden Stout. I had a coffee cream ale there. Um, Interesting combo. Yeah, pretty good. Good. Pretty good. Their stout was pretty
2: good too. What did you Uh, think, Joe? Uh, I I thought it was delicious. I mean, I'm kind of all in on hazy, especially as the uh, summer months approach and it's getting hotter outside. Mm. Mm. We had a stout first. The juice. Yeah, we 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 had a stout the first half. Yeah. And I mean, heavy. I'll enjoy a stout from time to time over the next three months, but in Mm. Corpus Christi, as the temperature approaches three digits, triple digits. Uh, I'm gonna triple excise the stouts and the porters and go all in on the IPAs and the hazies. Mm-hmm. This is a fantastic. It's really delicious. Very full body. There's a lot Chewy. going yes. on in yes. the pillowy um, mouth feel. But that's all what, of the that's words. That's what you Carlos, want. Every hazy. single one of <laughs> yeah. them. But yeah. I'm telling you, um, you stick your nose in this glass and it's just. I mean, floral, it's filled with yeah. flavor. Mm. Mm. Flavor. Not just it scent, is. not just aroma, flavor. Yeah, it's a, like
0: the kind of flavor good. that Keanu Reeves brings to every screen roll
2: that he takes. That was lame, bro. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> please, if you've seen Knock Knock, tweet at me about it. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'd, I'd scene, be curious. The scene that... I'm talking about is so, to me, iconic, but it can't be called Maybe iconic. Maybe we can find it. There's not enough people. It. Have seen not it. Enough people um, in. And I always want to reference it, but it's my favorite part of the movie and I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But anyway. We'll find um, it and post it on this our is Facebook is a, page. The, this is a terrific beer. I think we're watching a great, a terrific film franchise being made. Are we um,
2: watching uh, also a brewery? Um, how, Saint Elmo hadn't been very long. I, I don't know how old they they're, are. They're newish on the they Austin are. scene. Yeah. Um, and we're going to watch them... Uh, Evolve as well. Yeah, I think so.
1: It's. I mean, I I went because they. I have a friend that lives up there, and went there finally for the first time after having lived there for several years, and they have this like incredible food truck on premise as well, and he's like, this is my favorite brewery now, uh-huh. like, and we just kept. I mean over the last couple months it was just like you gotta go you you know you gotta come up here we gotta go here we gotta go here here. and so finally I was like okay I'm gonna be up there let's go let's go leave me alone as as advertised yeah so uh, Nathan that doesn't listen to this I don't think Uh, thanks uh but as always, uh you can find us on all of the social media channels. We are on Twitter at Beer Movie Show, we are on Instagram at Beer and a Movie, and of course Facebook.com slash Beer and a Movie TX, you may see the knock knock clip that I referenced there. Good and idea. we will also be posting um, you know, news about uh John Wick four that just got announced and other things of that nature. Um A lot of content uh, going on there at this particular point in the podcast history. You can obviously find us at com. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Uh, If you haven't done that, you're playing yourself uh, because you need to be able to stay updated on when we are posting new episodes, which is weekly and Uh, Go ahead and rate and review us as well. We know you're going to give us five stars, but go ahead and write a little review about what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see in the future, et cetera. And
2: uh, And again, I pledge a prize. I don't know what that prize is yet to the first listener that sends us beer.
1: Maybe if they're... From far enough away, we can do an exchange. That's exactly Ooh, what I was thinking. I'll yeah. give you some of Corpus Christi's finest. Yeah, an exchange. Or maybe some of just South Texas in general's finest.
2: Yeah, that's or right. or Maybe we'll one say. of your ingeniouses, if I can pry it from your hand.
1: Yeah, maybe we can each dip into our cellars and uh, send you some stuff. Maybe in an uh, old bourbon, you know, an aged bourbon county. Mm. Uh, maybe some, you know, one of our more prized... Um, pieces. I've got a pumpkinator in the cellar that if you're not from Texas, you might want to give a try. So, just, you know, just,
2: yeah. <laughs> um Get in touch with We'll negotiate.
1: Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll make it worth your while. Um, but, that's been Beer and a Movie for this week, so until next time, St. Elmo's Fire!